my name is Maria. My pronouns are she and her. And my name is Alyssa. My pronouns are also she and her. And this is LGBT Cliff Notes. Uh, This is definitely the first time we've done this intro. Don't question it. Uh, (laughs) And today's episode is about a really awesome dude named Charlie Parkhurst, uh, a.k.a. One Eye Charlie. It's a really neat story. We're going to start in New England and we're going to end out here in, in lovely California. Um, so a couple things. First off, Charlie Parkhurst is a trans man. Uh, I'm going to call him a trans man because that's probably the closest equivalent we have uh, in, in like accurate modern speak to what he was. Um, but he was born Charlotte Darkey Parkhurst, um, which is why he shortened it to Charlie in 1812 in Sharon, Vermont to a Mary and Ebenezer Parkhurst. He had two siblings, one named Charles D. Parkhurst, who died at two years of age in 1813, and a sister named Maria, who I could not get her birth dates and death dates for. Yeah. Hmm. Charlie's early life wasn't very, very, very fun. Uh, His mother died in 1812, his father shortly after in 1813. Oh, man. Yeah. So him and his sister wound up being sent to an orphanage in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Oh, man. Uh, Charlie doesn't much care for it there. So he bounces at age 12 and at that point becomes Charlie full time and begins living as a man because he is a man. And how old was he? Oh, wait, what'd you just say? 16? 12. 12. Oh, my God. 12. Damn, Charlie. Yeah. So Charlie... He runs off and he winds up being adopted. This is in quotes here because I couldn't really figure out what sort of relationship they had, uh, whether it was purely working or whether there was a an adoption process or whatever. But he is, again, quotes, adopted by an Ebenezer Balch in Providence. Um, Providence. And Ebenezer Balch teaches him to do stable hand stuff, teaches him to like care for horses, get them broken, stuff like that. And it turns out he's really good at it. Like, he's really good at it. Nice. Um, so he's taught to drive a stagecoach. Um, and we get this, I got this wonderful quote from a Reggie Siegel in a, in, in a journal called Women, a journal of liberation. And there's a story about Charlie that talks about him and compares him, his early life with the lives of other people, other women. And unfortunately, because this article is from like 1970, he is misgendered throughout. So I'm going to go ahead and update it because I'm tired of this shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm with you. So the quote goes, one way to escape the usual role of a woman was to pass as a man. No one will ever know how many women did this. Charlie Parkhurst was a famous stagecoach driver who concealed the fact that she was a woman. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. (laughs) Uh, For 20 years. His career as a driver began in New England when, as a child, a man took him out of a poorhouse, promising to, quote, make a man out of him. Mm. He taught him to drive a team, then four, then a six. And when still in his teens, Charlie is said to have been an expert with six heavy leather reins between his fingers, end quote. Wow. That's... Yeah. I mean, that also sounds more like, yeah, I don't know if it was an adoption, but certainly not just... He wasn't just like some kind of servant it seems like old yeah. ebenezer was uh, ebenezer definitely comes off as as a as a paternal figure yeah, uh, the fact yeah. that he has the same first name as his as his biological father is rather coincidental and amusing to me yeah interesting but yeah it seems like ebenezer was like 
If he wanted a servant, he would have just like hired someone that could do these things. But if he was teaching Charlie to do these things, he had some care. Yeah. So, yeah. So he goes all around New England, uh, well, all around New England, but rather all around Rhode Island uh, as a driver for a little bit. He befriends someone who heads out to California that he then winds up following in his 30s. He gets hired by John Morton, who is the owner of a drayage company, which is a kind of short range shipping Think Think of it as like short range trucking, but with with horses. <laughs> he actually meets John Morton on a boat going to Panama, because, of course, the cl- easiest way to get to California in this period is to go to Panama, take an overland, ironically, an overland coach, and then get on a boat on the Pacific side and go up that way. Okay, so Charlie didn't didn't do, you know, the Oregon Trail to get out west. He no. was on Okay. Yeah. He 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 took the the easy route. <laughs> well, the I'm easier sure it still route, I should sucked. say. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no. Not good. No, like months on a boat? No. So he meets this guy in Panama who finds out he's a driver and he impresses him so much that he just hires him before they even get there. He heads out to California, again does some short-range shipping drayage stuff. Uh, and it's at this point, we don't, I don't, I couldn't find like the specific incident, but it was at this point that he got the nickname One-Eyed Charlie. He got the nickname One-Eyed Charlie because he got kicked in the head by a horse. <sighs> wow. Okay. And lost use of that eye. Jesus. <laughs> I, just, I mean, did the, was the eye still there or did like the horse kick him and like the eye was damaged and he... I. I don't know, but he did wear an eye patch over that eye for the rest of his life. Okay, so, so probably, yeah, probably it actually like hit the eye or like the bone around it. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yee. But he seemed to have like rolled with it and just been like, yeah, this is part of me. Oh, well. <laughs> Shit happens. Um, guy, yeah, basically. This guy owns, like this guy seriously owns so hard. <laughs> um, I, I want to continue reading about him, but unfortunately, the, the materials are just there. There's not a lot about him. I went looking for articles about him on on jstor and most of it was just like his name shows up in this book his name shows up in this book here's a sentence that says he has records in the uh at a wells fargo up in, in san francisco and that's the that's it and there's like four or five articles so a lot of this is pulled from just like whatever i could find oh man so, but there is stuff about him it's out there it's just we we live in 2020 so yeah. Yep. So I'm excited to follow up with that. Um, anyway, back to the episode. Uh, so he gets this nickname, One-Eyed Charlie, continues working. And at this point, he meets back up with a man named James Birch. Uh, James Birch was known to Charlie, we think probably, um, back in Rhode Island, because the two of them were both from the area around Providence. Uh-huh. And they were both coach drivers. So they probably knew each other if... Only in passing, but they probably knew each other. Do you think that back in the day, uh, coach drivers did that thing that bus drivers always do and they're like wave at each other as they pass? I mean, <laughs> probably. I mean, probably. It was probably a very rare, more rare occurrence than it is with a bus driver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that would make sense, probably. Um, so he goes to work for him. And again, probably knew him from before. Uh, and at this point, they establish a very good series of, of like, contracts and stuff like that and one-eyed charlie winds up working routes all over the san francisco bay area he winds up going into the valley towards stockton towards the coast towards santa cruz he goes all over um the area that i would 
call uh, uh, Central California just to make Alyssa mad. No, that's totally what? That doesn't make me mad. That's exactly Central California. Wait, you told me I wasn't. Uh, what? What? Do, what do you think I said? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's the central part of. I think a lot of people would call that Northern California. Um, but okay, that, that's I fine. feel like. I mean, like the Central Valley, definitely Stockton's in the Central Valley. So I think people in Santa Cruz might be insulted (laughs) to be called part of Central. I mean, but if you look at a fucking map, sorry, Santa Cruz, you're in the central part (laughs) of California. Um, But yeah, normally people I feel like normally people are like Northern California, Southern California. And we I don't know, don't really do that according to geography, because Northern California is really in the central part of California geographically, or a lot of it. Okay, cool. So now I have license to call uh, uh, San Jose Central California. Thank you. I mean, do, yeah, do whatever you want. Once again, like, people in San Jose might be pissed about it, but you can be like, do you, have you looked at a fucking map? They're everywhere. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, starting (laughs) fights with total strangers. That's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, so he had roots all over the area, all over the bay, into the valley, up towards out towards the coast. And he was regarded as a very amiable, fun person. He was successful enough that he saved up several thousand dollars and retired. Um, Holy shit. Which, yeah, that's 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 pretty good, considering it's what, 1840, 1850? Yeah, I feel like that's- several thousand dollars is probably whatever the equivalent in current money is like more than i've ever saved in my life yeah. so <laughs> i mean he, he he did pretty well for himself nice um we have he he did well enough for himself that he actually at at his time of passing wound up in the new york times though for other reasons as we'll get into mm. um but his new york times obituary like praises him it says quote although in his stage coaching days he was a hail fellow well met with the migratory <laughs> miners and during the succeeding years of his life as farmer and lumberman he was social and generous with his fellows. He was never intemperate, immoral, or reckless. And the sure result was that his years of labor had been rewarded with a competency of several thousands of dollars. End quote. So uh, wait, interesting was... to note. Interesting to note here, the New York Times doesn't fucking misgender him. Oh, way to go, New York Times. Until the end of the article when it's revealed that he had, you know, a uterus and then. <gasps> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is sort of uh, because you linked this to me and I read like the first line. It is very annoying that it's um, a noted old Californian stage driver discovered after death to be a woman. No, Mm. (laughs) I mean, discovered after death to have a uterus, maybe. But yeah, yeah, rude. Yeah. 1860s America. It turns out it sucks everywhere. Yeah, well, um, I mean, 2020s, it's all, I feel like, the the article would read the same if, like, you weren't, like, I don't know, out as trans and, like, you know, you just lived your life as a man and didn't, you know, didn't really tell anyone about the trans part of that and, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can totally see some mortician dressing a, a man and being like, oh my god, actually no. And I could totally see this headline in fucking 2020. They do the same shit. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so let's get away from that crap for a minute. Let's talk about yeah. some really cool stuff. Um, I want to talk about specifically two stories. 
that I found about him. The first I got from Leroy R. Hafen or Hafen from a review about a book called Via Western Express and Stagecoach. And he gives us this wonderful little back and forth between um, a passenger and Charlie. The whole thing is a, is a quote and it goes like this. <clears throat> a passenger once asked, how in the world can you see through this dust? Smell it, said Charlie. Fact is, I've traveled over these mountains so often I can tell where the road is by the sound of the wheels. When they rattle, I'm on hard ground. When they don't rattle, I generally look over the side to see where she's going. Have you any other signs? Backer's another sign. When I'm a little scared, I chaw more than ordinary. Then I know the road's bad. End quote. Wow. I'm not, right. I'm not, just, affa- I'm not just affecting that drawl. It's right there in the text. So I'm <laughs> not doing that just written. for flair. Yeah. I mean, you, you could do it just for flair. That would be fine, I mean, too. I mean, why not both? <laughs> that's that's nice. So, yeah, he I mean, no wonder he got hired by that guy immediately. Like he clearly knew his shit. He was. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's just like, well, if the road's fucked up, then I get a little nervous and I start chewing more tobacco. That means I need to go ahead and fix this shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 got such big trucker energy behind it, which is appropriate. I mean, he's basically a trucker. So that's a, I mean, that's an example of like the geniality he's known for. Like he's he, he, he presents these little things in like very amusing manners that, that kind of like stick out. It's just it's really neat. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm no, not sorry, it's, actually. It's a it owns. good quote. It owns almost as much as this next story. Ooh. Um, and this one comes from uh, <laughs> this one comes from the, the California State Parks and Rec uh, <laughs> website. Nice. Uh, just to give you an idea of how like like sparse finding sources for him is. Um, this is written by Kathy Brustow uh, in an article called Those Daring Stage Drivers. Um, and there's a great story in there. Uh, I'm just going to read it verbatim, basically. Quote, Parkhurst drove a team for almost 30 years and during the rough winding roads and occasional holdups by robbers. On one occasion, a bandit called Sugarfoot, so named because of his habit of stomping his burlap wrapped foot, ordered Charlie to give up the strong box. Parkhurst obeyed, but was determined to settle the score. End quote. I'm going to interrupt that and point back to the New York Times article that relates it in a far more amusing way. Uh, it says, quote, He did it even under the drop of the robber's firearms with an ill grace, and he defiantly told the highwaymen he would, quote, break even with them. End Ooh. quote. Do, uh, do we know if... Is it, does this continue to tell us how Charlie broke even? So Bristow continues in their quote, As luck would have it, Sugarfoot stopped the stage again on the same route. Well. This time, Charlie shot and mortally wounded him. <laughs> yeah. Sugarfoot managed to crawl to a cabin where he later died. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. Sugarfoot should have fucking listened. Oh my god. Yeah. Charlie warned him that, you know, it was going to be bad. Yeah. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> That's right, Sugarfoot. All right, so Charlie gets to lead this awesome life shooting thieves and, and chatting with folks and running mail and packages and all the other crap. That, and making you know, good money doing it, apparently. And making really good money doing it. Um, Speaking of money, the reason he backs out isn't because he's, like, tired from the road or anything. He He does have, you know, rheumatism. So it does make driving kind of hard. And that probably is a factor. But from what I could tell, the biggest factor in, in his retirement was simply profit. Because at this point, you know, of course, the rail has expanded out wow. in 
the west and everything it's a lot cheaper to move goods over short distances via rail so he gets out of the driving business because it's just not as profitable anymore and he goes and retires to the area around watsonville um (laughs) and he farms and lumbers there for 15 years he's regarded as a competent lumberjack as much as he is a stagecoach driver he raised chickens over in aptos which i don't know where aptos is wait aptos is very far from watson well no yeah i mean uh, it's it was weird i couldn't find a time range in that because we know he retired to watsonville i guess if you had a horse like i'm trying to think i wouldn't want to walk from aptos to watsonville (laughs) but if you retire to watsonville yeah i don't know I mean, they're they're close enough. Like now, yeah, it's not a problem to drive between them, but um, it's kind of I don't know. Yeah, maybe he. Yeah, yeah, maybe he just likes long, longish horse rides. I don't know how long it would take hmm. to buy horse. Hmm. I'll need to look into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then something else really cool happens in this period. Um, in 1868, uh, and we know this because it's in a copy of the Santa Cruz Sentinel poll list. Um, in 1868, Charlie registers to vote, okay. and we don't know if he did. We don't have any conclusive evidence one way or the other, but there's a non-zero chance that Charlie Parkhurst may be the first AFAB person in the United States to vote. Oh, I see. Nice. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, again, we don't know if he managed to. Uh, we don't have any evidence one way or another. He may have just registered, but... So, I mean, stop, okay, so maybe cool. he was the first AFAB person to register to vote. <laughs> that's entirely possible, too. Yeah. Either way, it's really cool. Um, this dude owns. Uh, sadly, he does pass away in 1879 due to complications of cancer, uh, cancer of the tongue, again, from chew and all that backer. Uh, yeah, don't. I mean, yeah, as cool as yeah. you were, Charlie, maybe the tobacco, not not so good. Yeah, not, not, not the best choice. And at this point, unfortunately, you know, his friends gather to prepare him for his burial and everything. The coroner comes, does the autopsy, and it turns out, oh, no, Charlie has 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 a uterus. Oh, no. Uh, end of the world. Not really, but great. Does, yeah. Is there any note of like his friends just being like, OK, whatever, man, I don't, we don't we don't really have the reaction of his friends I, yeah. from what I from what the, the obituary kind of. Uh, the way the obituary words it, it seems like they didn't know either. Um, and Charlie just went stealth for, you know, almost the entirety of his life. I mean, that uh, makes which, sense. Which is valid and cool yeah. and good. Good for totally. him. That is yeah. totally valid. You are valid, Charlie Parkers. <laughs> Damn straight. And also, um, fuck that coroner. Like, I can't, I can't imagine. I don't know. I hope that everyone was cool about it, but also I can totally imagine them not being cool about it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I want to be, I, I want to project my modernity onto the situation <laughs> and have the coroner be like, "Oh, hey, that's cool." Yeah, I don't, and then someone else blowing it out of proportion. But that's, I don't know that that's totally like, I don't know, projecting our modernity. Like he clearly, completely lived as a man, so much so that everyone thought he was a man. So yeah. I don't know. That I mean. I don't have any evidence to show that that wasn't the case. So for the time being, that's my <laughs> head cannon, and you can't change it. Yeah, might as well. Um, now, one interesting thing, though, that the coroner did find, um, actually genuinely is interesting, is that uh, there was some evidence of childbirth 
Oh, what? Also, when they were, you know, divvying up the goods and everything and preparing the land and all that, they found a chest nearby with a set of small baby clothes for a girl. <gasps> so there is a pretty good chance that Charlie um, had a kid who didn't survive very long and kept her effects around as a memento or whatever, oh. uh, which raises some very interesting interesting uh, scenarios for us yeah so yeah it's either no, like we have no documentation whatsoever yeah i wonder huh what were you doing charlie why didn't you fucking write a journal man come on journal i mean non-zero chance he couldn't <laughs> uh, oh oh right yes I don't of know. course i don't know but it is 1870 and literacy rates aren't exactly uh yeah uh, stellar yeah. especially yeah your fucking parents die and you're left in an orphanage um <laughs> But Charlie, uh, because he is a famous stagecoach driver out in California, they find out that he's he's got a vulva. So now it becomes a national sensation. It blows up. And he gets again an obituary in the New York Times, which, again, to its credit, is pretty, pretty. I mean, if 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 you ignore the fact that they misgender him throughout the entirety of the last third of it, it's 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 fairly flattering in the, in the beginning before they start doing that. Um God, I hate having to shove like 20 asterisks on something because <laughs> the 1800s are garbage. But um, yeah, that's that's the long 19th century for you. I mean, again, 20th century, also garbage. Yeah. 21st yeah. century, definitely going to continue to be garbage. It's yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, that's the story of Charlie Parkhurst, an oh. awesome trans man stagecoach driver who uh, was just cool as shit all around. See, I told you I'd find a happy story. Yeah. I told you I would. You did. Pretty I good. Mean, Pretty good, right? That is really good. That is really good. I want to. Oh, I'm so upset. I'm going to invent a story in my head about this child. Like, oh, man, I wonder if. Oh, oh I don't know there. I guess there's. Yeah. It was too long ago. I wonder if someone like close to him maybe wrote a journal and it's hidden away in some museum. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a fucking interesting life that I want to I know, know right? more about. Very fresh. I do too. I, 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 there is a non-zero chance I will wind up doing a follow-up episode to this because <laughs> it's such a cool story. I mean, you're, um, you're close enough too that like if you could find, oh yeah. I don't know, like if he lived in... Aptos and Watsonville, like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, there's some historical society that, because also oh, back yeah. then, like, Aptos is, like, still not, like, a massive city, so, like, I'm sure back in the day it was even smaller, so probably everyone knew everyone, and so if there's records of anyone from that time period, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, this... No, absolutely. Once once things open up again, I, I yeah. am going. I have so many places to go. I have so much research to do in person. Totally bringing out the historian me. His, historian in me makes me want to go dig through old records that haven't been digitized. And <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's not fun. Way God, to go, Charlie. Way to go, Charlie. Yeah. You're a cool, cool guy. Yeah. All right. So I'm. Um, that's that's the episode. Um, if you like this, you should probably come follow us on Facebook and Twitter if you aren't already. Yeah, you probably are. But if you aren't, you should. Uh, you should also possibly consider donating to our Patreon. I am happy to report that we are really close to hitting our hosting costs. <laughs> so um, that would be so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. It would be great uh, if our hosting costs were paid for. Like we're not yes. even asking to be paid for our hours of labor in 
writing episodes, but like just covering the hosting costs would be amazing. Yeah. And of course, if that's too much or if you already have done that, please, of course, feel free to share us around. Uh, let people hear us. Let them know that there is this wonderful podcast. I think it's a wonderful podcast. It is a wonderful rate. podcast. This, <laughs> it is. This wonderful podcast out here that tells you all about radish shit stagecoach drivers who mm-hmm. shoot down thieves and say, fuck you, gender binary. <laughs> there is no part of that sentence that wasn't fun. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> all right. That's it. I uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yep. See ya.